talking to Becoming Christ like right here on Blog Talk Radio and the Road Less Traveled Internet Ministry. We were just talking away before <laughs> before it comes up. Hey, I'm Derek. This is Dawn. You are listening to Becoming Christ Like. You can find us at bemorechristlike.com. You can also follow us on our social media Facebook at Becoming Christ Like and Twitter at Christ Like Today. Join in on the conversation. These uh, next few weeks, we're, right now we've been talking about worship. Yes. Um, but the next few weeks we're going to start, and you and I were talking about it, we're going to get into it a little bit more at the end of the show, but we're going to start a series next week uh, that will uh, change the world forever. I hope so. I don't know if it's going to change the world forever, but it may change our show forever. It may change us. We'll, we'll either shoot up to a billion listeners or we'll go down to one. Patty Sheen, who's in... <laughs> Good morning, Pat. Actually, yeah. Uh, uh, Pat's in the in the chat room. I, I saw Harry pop in and out there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be exciting. And it's going to be, it's going to be contentious. Mm-hmm. I think so. Be listening for that at the end of the show. It is Friday, May 22nd, the day my son graduates from uh, high school. Congratulations, Jacob. Yes, uh, you know, and uh, far be it for me to be the person who utilizes their, their blog talk radio show to boast about their child. <laughs> but I'm going to use my blog talk radio show to boast about my child. He deserves it. Yesterday uh, was Orange and Black. Orange and Black is Lahanta High School's um, award ceremony. And the, the students, uh, the seniors walk in, and it's much like graduation. They have on cap and gown, and, and they give out different awards, not only to the seniors, but to the student body, because the student body is there, and the whole gym was filled. And uh, it, it's always an exciting time. It's always the day before graduation. It's called Orange and Black, obviously, because those are the colors of Lahanta High School. Go Tigers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a it's a great time and you get you get FBLA awards and and uh you you see all of the great things that uh, they give out the um academic all states uh for for athletics and um it, it's just it's really neat for the senior scholarships all that uh Jacob was awarded a $500 scholarship he won and this, it's it's one of those things that you get proud. It, obviously, he got the gold award for academics and everything, Yay. being salutatorian, and 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 all of those academic awards. But the English department uh, gives out an award that's called the Kindness Award. Oh. It's a five hundred dollar scholarship. It's and it's in the name of um, uh, Warren Warren Parker. Um, who is a, a teacher who loved to teach, loved kids, loved that, and they give out what's called a, a spirit because he had a great, uh, a great spirit. Oh. And uh, Jacob won that. Yay! And that's always uh, a big deal. He's uh, a very when, nice. Young well, man. when you're, you know, and I went up and I thanked Kelly Joe Smith, who was the the chair of the English department, and I said thank you for that. And she said, you know what, you have an extraordinary. Absolutely. Young man. Absolutely, he is. So, it was good. Kudos. And then, at the end of Orange and Black, every year, there's a Mr. and Miss Lahanta High School, voted on by the student body. And uh, Jacob was named Mr. Lahanta High School. Oh, how cool. How cool. Congratulations. Unfortunately, no money came. (laughs) 
sucky darn. <laughs> no money. <laughs> oh. So uh, it was it was good. Uh, but it looks awfully good on resumes. Yes, and Jacob uh, got a call not too long ago and was one of the recipients of the Andrew Rickens Scholarship. Oh, see, and the Rickens are from Los Animas. The Rickens are from Los Animas. Yes. Doug and Missy Ricken, of course, uh, with Andrew, uh, who passed away. And I, I can't remember uh, how old he was, but he was... He, he was only he, like 18 because yeah, he, he was in my got, daughter's age. He just gotten out of high school or something. I, I believe was killed in a car crash. Yes. And uh, so, and that's always good because I know Doug and Missy and and Mm -hmm. the kind of people that they look for in their scholarships. So very proud of him. Absolutely. Jeremy and Jacob are going to be doing their salutatory and valedictorian speech together, Solo and Hutch. They're singing it. They're going to sing it? Really? Well, is it going to be outside, though? It's outside. Because uh, if it rains, I was curious uh, if we we're going to be able to attend. If if it rains, Jacob has 25 tickets that he gives out. It looks like it's going to be okay tonight, though. Yes. Okay. Looks like it's going to be okay. It's at Tiger Field, Tiger Stadium, 7 o'clock, the class of 2015. Jacob oh. graduates. Uh, so as of tomorrow, Christine and I will have su- successfully gotten <laughs> our two through high school, one through college. And you did a wonderful job. So... Very proud. Um, I have not broken down yet. I've tried to hold it. Um, And I I thought to myself, I was thinking, you know, now yesterday when he got the kindness, the spirit award, that was that was good. good. So anyway, very proud of them. Obviously, too much rain here. Oh, yes, absolutely. Patty's, uh, Patty's listening, and, and we have literally speaking on Tuesday morning, Pat has literally speaking with Patty Sheen, Tuesday mornings, 8 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time. It's a great show. We were not able to do it this Tuesday. <laughs> My basement flooded. Oh. And, I, and that's a great thing to wake up to. Yes. You know? And so uh, apologies to all of you literally speaking with Patty Sheen, people out there. Um, it's, it becomes hectic <laughs> when you come down at 5.30 and, and and you have water getting close to a studio that is filled with electronics. Wait, I know, that's what the first <laughs> thing I said. Oh, dear, electricity and water don't mix. Immediately, uh, luckily, Jacob was here to help me carry oh, out good. the shop vac when it, it gets <laughs> full and, and all of that. We were able to dry it out. So the studio is a little musty, but... Uh, we're we're working at it. We are working at it. So and we're up in working order. That's what we counts. are up and working, and and so that is fantastic. I saw something in the news today, or actually, I saw it on Facebook. Okay. Southeastern Colorado is no longer considered to be <gasps> in the drought. drought. We're in dry. Is that what it is? Extremely dry. Extremely dry. Yeah. Tell yeah. that to my husband who has irrigation water today. Yeah. And uh, we can't cut the crops because. Yeah. Just way, way too <laughs> wet here. Unbelievable. I heard on the new. I heard on the radio this morning in Colorado Springs that it looks as if, with the weather forecast, this will be the first time since 1957 that there has not been a day in the month of May that has reached 80 degrees. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, now uh, we've hit it a couple times here, but un, unimaginable, incredible 
weather here in so different in southeastern so Colorado. different and it's climate change as well <laughs> don't start that <laughs> i'm all for, I'm, I'm all for it tell the coast guard it's it's climate change, which is obviously How about the navy yeah so uh. it's you know it's it's obviously this is a, ch- a climate change for us. <laughs> it is a climate change for us. We've been dry and hot for a very long time. So anyway, how did your how did your week go? Well, so, I've had kind of a stressful week. My okay. husband was making a left hand turn off a of highway fifty, and a lady proceeded to pass him. Oh no! Yeah, so we're not totaled. She's not totaled. Nobody was hurt. Okay, it was good. Everybody's okay. Yep. But let me tell you, that makes you think twice about making left hand turns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did you know it's a law that you cannot make a turn near any intersection, even on open highway, within 100 feet? That's what you got a ticket for. You mean to pass? Yep. You can't. You can't pass. You cannot pass within any intersection within 100, within 100 feet, and that's, that's what she did. That's a great law. Although he had his blinker on, sure. and she was just following a motorcycle that had went before. But it is. But. But without the yellow lines, how would you know where they're there at That's night? I asked the cop, I said, well, how would you know? And he says, oh, you watch for power lines. And I'm thinking, me, watch for power lines yeah. as I'm trying to drive? Yeah. No. Yeah, so, well, but everything, everybody's okay. Everybody is okay. Pick up in car. They're not yeah. told, but they need some work. That's the that's the main point is yeah. that everybody's okay. Well, so. I actually became very good friends with her while we stood out there good. on the highway for a couple hours. Good. <laughs> Probably felt bad. Oh, she probably felt bad. She did. Anyway. Well, she was headed to a funeral, so that made it worse. Oh, jeez, that that is worse. So, again, you're listening to Becoming Christlike, and uh, we've been talking about worship. We're going to finish that up, and then uh, we are going to talk a little bit about something that is coming up. So, let's go ahead and open our time up with prayer. Gracious Father, we do come before you this day, this day of celebration uh, for many. Um, it is the graduation season. And we pray for our graduates, uh, those who are going on from preschool to kindergarten or, or elementary to middle school or middle school to high school or high school to college or perhaps just college into life. We pray that you would follow them, uh, that, that uh, they would seek you, um, that you would be with us today, that as we share with one another, as we share with those who are listening, that you might be glorified so, Father God, in all that we say and do, we may, may we glorify you. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. And another privilege of, of uh, this past week is obviously oh. a, an incredibly busy week. Yes. Uh, anytime you have a graduate or, or you know, any kinds of awards, ceremonies, those types of things, was able to preach at uh, the Arkansas Valley Baccalaureate Service. Yes, I knew you had that planned. How'd that go? Good? It went very well. Uh, more than that, though, got to sit there as a as a father and listen to my son, oh. who got to speak as well. Oh, cool. And just did a, a fantastic uh, job of just very good. Yes. You could have taken me out. It would have been uh, but you would have done fine. Just, it, it, it would have been just, just a super baccalaureate. Is super gifted, awesome. Yeah, he did a great job. Hey, a piece of news that I got off of the wire. Uh, this comes from uh, the Texas Values Action website. I don't know if you, you know, a lot of contention about this. Um, out of Austin, Texas, uh, Texas Value Action, the president of it, Jonathan Sins. Uh, The president of Texas Value Action made the following statement, Texas made an important decision today 
to specifically protect the religious freedom of our pastors and churches that follow their beliefs on marriage. Government at any level should not be allowed to punish our clergy and churches for following their faith on marriage. We are thankful for the pastors, churches, and church leaders from all across the state that have led in the effort and have demonstrated the very real threats of religious freedom from those seeking to redefine marriage. What happened was uh, a law came out of Texas. It will be on the Texas governor's desk probably today. Governor Abbott said he will sign it. Uh, that makes it illegal to force a pastor to perform uh, any sort of service that okay. goes against their religious beliefs. So that was fantastic. Yeah. I'm sure it will end up in someone's Supreme Court, I don't yeah. the Texas Supreme Court or something, because of discrimination. Uh, but we will see where it goes. Uh, mm-hmm. So kudos, uh, at least for me, from the state of Texas uh, for doing that and protecting. And of course the, the people will cry well, out. Well, Our values are so very strong. And when we right. make somebody to go against what's deep in their heart, that's mm-hmm. a very bad place to be. And I'm sure that, that people will come out and say, it's nothing but a law that, that allows discrimination. That's mm-hmm. what, that's what people will say. But uh, there should be respect of both sides. Right. If, if one wants to do it and one don't, then that right. should be respect. Right. So just a piece of news that came out of there, a little bit of uh, religious news that came out. Hey, I want to play something. We were talking, Talking about worship. And we've okay. talked about a number of different things in worship. We've talked about the good things of worship, the bad things of worship. We've asked people on Facebook and on Twitter what they like about worship, uh, what they believe worship is. We've talked about this 24-7, that worship is a lifestyle, mm-hmm. that it isn't just Sunday morning, although that's a part of it. Uh, but it is, a, it is an example of how we live our life uh, towards God. Mm-hmm. And I, I came across, and I've, I had seen this before, and we've talked about this before, this, this dichotomy that seems to exist between a portion of a definition of religion and what Christianity is. We talked about in worship the religiosity and the, the laws of, of liturgy and, and uh, how liturgy can be just fantastic and be uplifting but yet it can also be used as a tool just to bang over people's heads mm-hmm. and say, this is what you're going to do. This is how we do it. And if you don't do it this way, then you're not real. Mm-hmm. That whole idea of religion, it comes from the spoken word. Uh, and it's about four minutes long, but it's interesting. I want to play it, and then I want to talk a little bit about it, because I think it will be a good cap for what um, for what we're talking about, because worship can become... And this sounds strange, so it really all depends on how you're defining things. Worship can become very religious. Um, I agree. You know? It becomes legalistic and ritual. Yeah, not in a good way. And so this is, uh, we're going to play this. This is, it's called Slam Poetry or Christian Poetry, Christian Slam Poetry, uh, by the spoken word. What if I told you Jesus came to abolish religion? What if I told you voting Republican really wasn't his mission? What if I told you Republican doesn't automatically mean Christian 
And just because you call some people blind doesn't automatically give you vision. I mean, if religion is so great, why has it started so many wars? Why does it build huge churches but fails to feed the poor? Tell single moms God doesn't love them if they've ever had a divorce, but in the Old Testament, God actually calls religious people whores. Religion might preach grace, but another thing they practice, tend to ridicule God's people, they did it to John the Baptist. They can't fix their problems, and so they just mask it, not realizing religion's like spraying perfume on a casket. See, the problem with religion is it never gets to the core. It's just behavior modification, like a long list of chores. Like, let's dress up the outside, make it look nice and neat. But it's funny, that's what they used to do to mummies while the corpse rots underneath. Now I ain't judging, I'm just saying, quit putting on a fake look. Because there's a problem if people only know that you're a Christian by your Facebook. I mean, in every other aspect of life, you know that logic's unworthy. It's like saying you play for the Lakers just because you bought a jersey. See, this was me too, but no one seemed to be on to me. Acting like a church kid while addicted to pornography. See, on Sunday I'd go to church, but Saturday getting faded, acting if I was simply created to just have sex and get wasted. See, I spent my whole life building this facade of neatness, but now that I know Jesus, I boast in my weakness. Because if grace is water, then the church should be an ocean. It's not a museum for good people, it's a hospital for the broken. Which means I don't have to hide my failure, I don't have to hide my sin. Because it doesn't depend on me, it depends on Him. See, because when I was God's enemy, and certainly not a fan, He looked down and said, I want that man. Which is why Jesus hated religion, and for it He called them fools. Don't you see so much better than just following some rules? Now let me clarify. I love the church, I love the Bible, and yes, I believe in sin. But if Jesus came to your church, would they actually let him in? See, remember he was called a glutton and a drunkard by religious men. But the Son of God never supports self-righteousness, not now, not then. Now back to the point, one thing is vital to mention. How Jesus and religion are on opposite spectrums. See, one's the work of God, but one's a man-made invention. See, one is the cure, but the other's the infection. See, because religion says do. Jesus says done. Religion says slave. Jesus says son. Religion puts you in bondage while Jesus sets you free. Religion makes you blind, but Jesus makes you see. And that's why religion and Jesus are two different clans. Religion is man searching for God. Christianity is God searching for man. Which is why salvation is freely mine and forgiveness is my own. Not based on my merits, but Jesus' obedience alone. Because he took the crown of thorns and the blood dripped down his face. He took what we all deserve. I guess that's why you call it grace. And while being murdered, he yelled, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Because when he was dangling on that cross, he was thinking of you. And he absorbed all your sin and he buried it in the tomb, which is why I'm kneeling at the cross saying, come on, there's room. So for religion, no, I hate it. In fact, I literally resent it. Because when Jesus said, it is finished, I believe he meant it. Wow. So that's the spoken word. And I love that. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, uh, literally speaking with Patty Sheen, one of the things that, that she tries to do and that that show tries to do, and again, that's on Tuesday mornings, at 8 a.m., catch it, uh, is to talk about imagination, how people uh, display their Christianity, how people uh, express their Christianity. And slam poetry is one of the, the ways. It's, 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 it's something that's, that's quite 
common and quite for uh, getting more and more um, utilized by individuals, especially the younger generation. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting way to to share what you believe. And of course, with this one, it's the difference between really. So, uh, you know, on the face, what what did you think? I really liked it, except for I would need to listen to it a couple more yeah, times to catch, uh, to, to catch it all. Because there was a one I thought, "What do you say?" Yeah, but you're right. It's it's relationship versus religion. Yeah, and 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 that was one of the things that I really liked about it. He was talking about religion being um, man going after God, chasing down God, and Christianity being God going after man. man. And, and I, I do believe it goes both ways absolutely. on that also, though. Oh, absolutely. It yeah. has to. It has to be a two-way street on that. And and obviously he's talking about – because there's nothing wrong with uh, – for me, is, is the basis of religion, the study of, of um, different religions that we have, the belief structures that people have of, of is there a God? Uh, mm-hmm. If there is a God, what's his plan? What's his plan for me? The thought process, the the adventure that you go on, the exploration to do that. Mm-hmm. But the problem that we have, and it fits in with this whole idea of worship, is that it becomes static. Mm-hmm. And one of the well, things... we've lost the excitement of going out and finding who we are in exactly. Christ, yes. what our gifts and talents are, and what we're supposed to do. We've lost it. We have become, and believe me, I have experienced it this week. We have become stuck in the mud. Yes, <laughs> we yes. have. We have become stuck in the mud, and the danger that happens, and this is kind of flows into what we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks. But definitely worship. When we convince ourselves that we've got it, mm-hmm. that worship becomes. Wrote. I know everything. You know yeah. now it's just perfecting yeah. that daily walk, and that's it. Yeah. Then it's it, there. It is again, and and we do it, and it's the same thing, and it's the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not even trying to reach new levels, really. We're just happy where we're at. Right. We're just happy where we're at, and it uh, it it takes our worship. And becomes, well, it squeezes the life out of it, one, but it takes it and just, it, it's not exciting. And that was one of the things that, mm-hmm. that you know, if I would have made my list of what I I, I want to see in word, I want to be excited to be there. I, I want to be... I want to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit working and in people, everybody there. And it doesn't yeah. mean you're on the ultimate high all the time. No, it's it not means you're, you're there in the good and the bad, and you're there to help, and you're there to get help. Yeah. But you want to see God working through people. Yeah. And and it, it, everyone who goes to worship knows that if you go more than once to a church, you will find out that there is a structure. Mm-hmm. And structure is great. Yeah. Uh, Presbyterians, especially, we love it. We love structure. Structure is great. It's what keeps you going. It's 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 that thing of what's next, and mm-hmm. it keeps your congregation informed. It keeps those who who, who are doing things uh, informed of okay, what's next. But when we f- the problem is when we fall in love with the structure. Mm-hmm. It, it it quelches the yeah. the Holy Spirit from even working individuals at most sometimes. Right. And so that's kind of what I wanted to end with uh, uh, on this whole idea of worship is where is the excitement 
again in worship when we go and you walk in and you pretty much know this is what I'm going to experience while I'm here. You there's, know, there's no room for anything else. I remember when new people would come into church. I always felt such excitement yeah. as they experienced the Lord and they started discovering and they were so excited about, you know, a thousand ton brick being lifted off of your shoulder for this and that and your love. The, the excitement. And I think we have to go back and see that in the mm-hmm. church to bring back our and I think that's one of the things he spoke about in that slam poetry of the religion is the whole idea of uh, what's so sad is, especially in worship, at least it seems. And we're not talking with a blanket uh, statement. We're talking about these things happen in in worship is that you find churches or you find people in churches, um, people uh, the church that a new person comes in and they express excitement and everything, and the first thing we think is, okay, wait till we get a hold of them and transform them into what we want them to be, instead of thinking to ourselves, when I we wonder see what that, God's got yeah. in store for them and us yeah, through you, them. You ever see that excitement and think to yourself, what happened to that in me? Mm-hmm. Because then it comes, it comes, becomes a ritual. How can they fit into our ritual? Sure. Instead of using their gifts and talents to enhance our church. Right. And so that would be one of our um, encouragements to you if you're listening. If you're if you're in a church and you're thinking, you know what, the worship is when in, when you see that spark to grab a hold of it. Don't try and 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 put it out, but grab a hold of it and and be that person that goes to church each and every Sunday, and we're talking about Sunday worship here, corporate worship, yeah. not, not 24-7, but this corporate worship, and really think to myself or to yourself, I wonder what I'm going to experience today. What does mm-hmm. God have for me today? And I do that a lot of times when I take kids on mission trips, is the idea of actively looking for God. Mm-hmm. Not just accidentally running into him. Purpose. Oh, I went to church today. Guess who was there? Elvis? No, God. <laughs> really? I haven't seen him there. In Sometimes years, that's know? what I feel like, though, yeah. when I go to yeah. church. Yeah, and there's, because it's such a man-made process that we right. go through. Well, we've made it such a man-made process. Yes, that we, we have, have squeezed God out of it. Because Sometimes I picture him pounding on the door saying, "Let me in." Yeah. And and we've taken those things that were originally created in our structure uh, to experience God, and we've absolutely squeezed it out because we've got to get this done to go into the next thing, so that that we're on we're on schedule. Again, there's you know, nothing wrong with a schedule. People like to know that, how long they're going right, to be. Right? How long? You know, I've been uh, visiting. Uh, Fort Lyon Coalition for the Homeless. They have a oh, service uh-huh. out there. So I went out there a couple times just to see. And let me tell you what, it is so fantastic. They have they tell testimonies every Sunday morning of how God has worked in their life. And it is so fantastic. The spirit is alive out there and working in those people. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to speak specifically about a type of worship style that, that really... Um, it goes to the point of pushing you past your your comfort level and maybe why so many people find it just horribly 
not offensive, but just uncomfortable, and will say that's not worship Ooh. at all. It's a worship style that uh, that I've I've been a part of before, and I will tell you, it's stepping out of your out, comfort out of your zone? comfort zone. Oh yeah, but we're supposed to live out of our comfort zone, right? But and this one, this one. It throws you out of the comfort. It grabs oh, you with, with a big hook and says, "Get out here!" And people, when they're done, will say, "Oh, I don't know if I like that or not." Really? And we're going to talk a little bit about why people don't like it. So we want you to stay with us on the other side of this break as we continue to talk about worship styles and give you a little bit of a preview of what's coming up in the next few weeks right here on uh, Becoming Christlike Blog Talk Radio. The mist from the morning dew, and the sun peeks out over the horizon. A new day has dawned and a new chance presents itself, a chance to once again do battle. The lush green grass of the Midwest farmland lies in wait, guarded by the beaches filled with the sands of time after time after time. You unsheath your weapon of choice and lash out at the enemy before you, and for hours you navigate the landmines cursing and praising in the same breath. But in the end, whether in victory or defeat, you vow to wake in the morning and do it all over again. Just four miles north of Marion, Indiana, lies a battlefield. A battlefield not just of bunkers and waters, but a battlefield of the mind. A battlefield where people come to discover the best in themselves. Where courage is tested as each round of the enemy is faced. Arbor Trace Golf Course. Come play around. Because in golf, the more you play, the luckier you get. Hello to all of Derek's listeners. Thanks, Derek, for giving me time to share my heart's passion, encouraging cancer, long-term illness patients, and their families. Gilead is an outreach that encourages over 2,400 people in 38 states. Our goal is to bring hope and help to those on the journey through the unknowns of treatment, family stress, and spiritual questions. One such story is Eric, whose senior year in high school was interrupted by the cancer that he was diagnosed with, interrupting a three-sport high school year. It changed his life and his perspective. Today, Eric's family oversees a foundation helping to find a cure. We're currently in our 15th year. would love to have you as a partner, either as a volunteer or a gift financially. Look for us on Facebook at Gilead Ministries. Oft I sing for my friends When cold for my sea When I read my journey's in Who will sing one song for me? I wonder who will sing for me When I come to cross the silent sea Who will sing for me When my friends have gathered round and looked down on me. Will they turn and walk away? Will they sing one song for me? I wonder who will sing for me when I come to cross. The silent sea Who will sing for me So I'll 
Graduation day is almost here. You've worked so hard, and now it's all paying off. Everyone will be telling you how proud they are. Give them one more thing to be proud of. Celebrate graduation safe and sober. Don't let drugs and alcohol threaten what you've worked so hard to achieve. This message is brought to you by Southeast Health Group, your local resource for drug and alcohol treatment. Call 1-800-511-5446 for more information about a safe and sober graduation. Welcome back to Becoming Christ-like on the Road Less Traveled, Blog Talk Radio. So you thought you had to keep this up. Welcome back to Becoming Christ-like right here on Blog Talk Radio and the Road Less Traveled Internet Ministries. I'm Derek, this is my sister in Christ. Dawn, you are uh, a part of a discussion about worship. And we're going to end this. And again, I had, I, I told you, Don, that uh, we're going to end the show a little bit uh, early because y- you say it's okay, but I, I've been doing shows and working down here all the time, and being down in the basement with that musty smell gives you a headache. Makes so you I'm, sickly. It makes you sickly. So uh, we are. <laughs> I want to cut that short a little bit, and we obviously have a lot of things to do today before. Uh, graduation. graduation, but I want to tell you a little bit about it. And I don't know if you were there, um, but I've experienced them before. And some people will tell you they're the worst. Don't ever do them. Um, and I may be one. <laughs> they're tough. So uh, one year while I was at First Press in Los Animas, uh pastor of the Methodist Church, Carrie West, her and I decided – we were going to have a week-long uh, faith, faith alive, spirit alive, whatever. And we had a number of different uh, – we had people who came during the week, and we had a number of different things. We had potlucks, everything, trying to get the community together. And one night, we had a Taze service. Oh, I wasn't there. Let me tell you about Taze services. Taize, people, T-A-I-Z-E. There's either none or very little speaking. It is the majority of it, and it can go up to an hour long. There is a little bit of music played, just music, and there are these gongs that you, you know, the dong, and the rest is silent. Really? So it's kind of a deep prayer time? Absolutely it well, is. Well, I think that's it, part of the downfall of the church is it we don't is, have 
prayer. We did that, and oh. and there weren't very many people there. Now, there's not a walk involved in that one, is where you walk no. from station to station That's or anything like lab- that. You're thinking of a prayer labyrinth. Yes, 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 okay. We had a prayer labyrinth set up that week. Oh, okay. In the Methodist Church, uh, which are very, very interesting. But you get together, and every once in a while, there's a little bit of music, uh, and then a gong, boom. And you're praying for like, or there's silence for like 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about, think about it this way. When, during church services, when people say, uh, let us take this time now to go to God in our own personal way. Most pastors will tell you, to the lay reader, I don't know why we do this. Because we take the lay leader out of the whole idea. Count to about 60. Give it about a minute. Because after that, people begin to feel uncomfortable. You know what, though? I'm never done by the time they do that. <laughs> and so the question is, the question was, especially in this Taze service, is the whole idea of why that makes us... What it shows us is that we need to have it filled and we need to have people giving us Well, I, don't, I, I think we can't get past us. Yes. We can't get back. Oh, God, help me with my family. And I need this and I need this to Lord. What do you want to change in me? That's where we get uncomfortable. I had a great old pastor in the Pueblo Presbytery um, who led us one time. And it was a small group. And he he talked to us a lot about centering prayers in worship. Oh, I like that. Now, you've done that That, with us. Yeah. And and. And then moves you to this whole idea of what brings you back to God. Because we all do that. It is a, it is a natural reaction during silence to begin to drift. Yes. You begin thinking about the person beside you. Your you begin thinking wanders. about, uh, especially when sounds, stomachs growl yes. all the time during silence. And that has a tendency to throw us off in worship mm-hmm. in our prayers to God. Mm-hmm. So he would talk to us about having this, this centering item whether it be, you know, oh, uh, a, a babbling brook or a creek that's got the water coming off or the cross mm-hmm. or something that immediately pulls you back. Now, this pulls you back in, in your attention when you when you begin to wander and start thinking, I wonder what everybody else is thinking. I wonder well, whose stomach is that? Is that my <laughs> stomach? I wonder what we're going to do. I wonder how long this is going to do. I'm going to start counting. My neck's getting tired. My, neck's My back hurts. When are they going to ring that gong? What's an, hey, With that type of thing, you begin to say, okay, I think about my waterfall again or whatever, and that brings me back to God. We are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and what I think that shows, and I think in, in general then moves us to the whole idea of what is the problem with worship today? is the whole idea. We are uncomfortable one-on-one with God. Mm-hmm. I mean, just one-on-one right. with him. And most of the time, because we don't feel him there, because then it just becomes one-on-one with us. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, we have a lot of trouble in that deep personal relationship with God. Even in the thank you part. Yes. Not even in the self-introspection. I can understand that one, mm-hmm. but just thank you part we can't do. Absolutely. And so try that one time. Try and sit down and say, I'm going to spend 30 minutes with God. I'm not going to read, I'm not going to read about him. 
I'm just going to sit. I'm going to sit and I'm going to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And 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 even if you want to do the first one as an experiment, see how long you go mm-hmm. before you've lost it. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you won't, won't get past far. the first five minutes. Now, if you sit down and make out a list and say, okay, here's this list of my prayers should be, nope, don't do that. Don't mm-hmm. do that. Now It's got to be spontaneous. It, yeah, just as it comes to your thinking, see how long it goes before you are uncomfortable in a room with God and you. Mm-hmm. And that will give you a good idea of why our worship suffers some, in my opinion, because we are comfortable with having everybody else sing, having everybody else speak, being in the midst of people. Being fed. Being fed, but not in the midst of God. Now, we say that, that when the church is together, where two or more are gathered, there I am in the midst of you. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about God being present with you. I'm talking about this relationship that says, okay, you know what, God, me and you are going to, and I can't tell you the number of times that I've had it, hours and hours of you, me and you, God, we're having it out right now. That's Mm -hmm. it. We're done. Me and you in a room. Let's go. Wow. Um, And uh, it is an incredible experience, and it enhances your worship. I was thinking about how peaceful it could be if you could just sit in there and and be in his presence under his umbrella of protection right. and faith and just quiet and calm. Yes. How how it can just settle your soul if you need the quiet. I always tend to need that quiet yeah. time to settle down and, so and what, how that would be. What a today service does is then it takes it that experience into a corporate worship atmosphere well, where see, we're all doing that. We're when you're all, loud and rowdy or in the storm that you're facing and you take that 30 seconds mm-hmm. that you have somewhere to calm yourself and use those yeah. capabilities. Yeah. And it's, it, it is an amazing thing. Very, very mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I think I would be uncomfortable up in 30 minutes. Maybe I could go 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But to do that in a today service, because you're, the, I, I swear to you, the thing that you're thinking is, my God, when is this going to be over? How long are we going to do this? And you look down at your watch and you think, we've only been here 15 minutes. Oh, wow. We've only been here. It is an incredible experience and it enhances worship. Now, is it for everybody? Is it? Do you do it every? No, you don't do that every week. That's because mm-hmm. you're missing some of the parts. Mm-hmm. But to try it and do that, and to sit in, to be with God in a room, and to get past that idea of oh, God's always with me. Of course, He's always with. But do you talk to Him? Mm-hmm. Do you do you feel that presence? Is it is it like somebody riding in the car with you? And if it's not, then spend some of that time because it will enhance your worship. Well, I want to ask about, Mm -hmm. uh, I've never really been to a nightly prayer meeting. Describe what that is in comparison with what you're talking about. Oh, it all depends on what you're, if you're talking about prayer meetings for for like Baptist churches and things like that, some prayer meetings are just called prayer meetings because they're on Wednesday nights or Sunday nights. And they're... They're they're a, a sermon or a discussion or whatever. They're not actually dedicated to to a a time of prayer. Now there's some are some are where we come and say, you know what, we're going to pray. Um, you don't get a lot of people at those because that is the one of the most uncomfortable things. Strangely enough, that we do 
We boast and boast about having a personal relationship with God, but when it comes to talking to him, ooh, we don't like that. Uh, people don't like to be obligated in prayer meetings to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I have to admit, I don't like to pray out loud. Sure. But I think I'm reading a book by Jim Cymbala, C-Y-M-B-A-L-A yeah. or something uh-huh. like that. And I really believe that that is part of the church's problem for direction, for everything, that we do not have prayer meetings for our people, for our church, for our leaders. Mm-hmm. And I just wondered if I, I never understood and, what he meant when he said we have prayer. Our, he yeah. said some will be upstairs, some will be here. And, so, and, and I'm going, okay. actually prayer meetings where that is what you do. Now, the today service takes away your fear because no one speaks out loud except maybe one leader every once in a while will ring a gong or bring you or, back or bring you back or whatever. But the rest of the time, it's you and God. Now, it's you and God in the midst of the people of God. And and everybody is experiencing something different. Right. We're not being led in a prayer. Um, now, there are times that, that you are. But the silent times, which is the majority of the time, is a time between you and God. And so you have this collection of people all going to God with different things. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I realized when that happened, and it, it came to me in the midst of, this, of my silent time, what an awesome God we have in that the exact same moment he's ministering to me He's ministering to the person beside me yes. on a totally different subject. Yes, different And level. I'm looking and I'm thinking, God can handle all of this. Yes, all the We're omnis. We're all just crying out to him, yeah. and he's got everybody yeah. covered. And in the midst of that silence, you're thinking, and, and you, ever, you ever been to, and you've heard the, you've heard the, the silence was deafening. Yeah. It is. Because you actually begin to hear things in the silence of, it's just getting so loud in here. It's just getting so loud in here. Wow. Um, and it's, it's an incredibly powerful, uncomfortable, um, until you get used to them. Some people just love them. They'll do them every, they'll do them every week. They'll do them once a month. Um, the Presbytery or the Pueblo Presbytery's uh, executive presbyter uh, prior to uh, – Ron Anderson was uh, Gary Weaver. Mm-hmm. He loved mm-hmm. to say services. He would get together with Methodists, uh, people of other denominations, and have uh, monthly or, or weekly to say services that are just unbelievably uncomfortable. And I think, uh, you know, as we wrap up this whole idea of worship, there has to be a sense. And people will say, absolutely not. This is, this, you're wrong, Derek. And, and I would disagree with you. Every once in a while, there has to be a modicum of being uncomfortable in worship. If you're not being pushed in your worship, if you're not being challenged in your worship, you're not growing. You're not growing. Yeah. It becomes just comfortable and stale and stagnant. And, ob- and you're not furthering exactly. the kingdom. And obviously, we go to certain places. I, I'm not talking about. Liking. I'm not talking about <clears throat> being comfortable in your chair. I'm not talking about liking your surroundings. I'm talking about that idea that says, can you go a minute and a half of silence instead of the minute without fidgeting? Staying in that moment of saying, God, I'm going to give you a minute. And then I'm going to go on to something else. I'm saying, you know what? 
I'll give you the extra 30 seconds. Or just taking the extra 30 seconds because all I did was blab in the minute and I told you everything I wanted and needed, God, and I, I asked for answers and I never stopped to listen. Absolutely. You know, say that in a church service. Say, you know what, we're going to pray for the things that we need for two minutes and then for four minutes we're just going to be quiet. And listen. And watch people go nuts. Mm-hmm. Yes, when you hear purses moving, Kleenexes getting out, whatever. After church you were here, I just hated that. And and really what you're saying is, I didn't have time to listen for God. Mm-hmm. Four minutes out of your out of your, your hour long worship service. Well, I wonder what God would say to you when you're praying to him then if you don't have that four minutes. I right. mean uh, Right. And I've spent a lot of time just yelling at God. I mean, I've yelled at God for hours. And, and God's big enough to handle that. And he is. He's, and I've spent hours uh, being talked to by God. <laughs> You've been talked to because you actually sat down sure. then quieted down and listened. I said, what do you, what do you have for me? Mm-hmm. What do you have for me? That's worship as a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to boast or anything. I'm, no one's perfect at it. I'm not good. There's times that I go through my droughts. Of you know what, not listening to you anymore. And it's very individual how you Absolutely do this. Absolutely, it is. Um, some people will say, and it's always good. Pick up scripture and read it. I find God in scripture. That's great. After you've done that, close the book and talk to the real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to the real thing. That's worship as a lifestyle. And and if you're done and you say the very first time you did it, my God, that was totally uncomfortable. You did it right. Mm-hmm. Because being in the presence of God should make you uncomfortable until you're used to it. It should. There should always be a sense of awe. Do you awe. ever get used to it? No. I mean, because you're at a different level you're every time. About, so. You're talking about comfort. I'm yeah. not talking about awe. Uh, I mean, you're always in awe, awe. in the presence yeah. of God. But I'm talking about actually talking and then... Being the, comfortable there. The comfortable in the silence mm-hmm. or comfortable in the noise of, boy, did God give me an earful today. I've had mm-hmm. those days. Mm-hmm. He just he just went off on me. Mm-hmm. And he's big enough to do that. And now are you big enough to take it? Sometimes <laughs> it is much like a parent. Uh, you are... Because God disciplines us Mm-hmm. And God has said, you know, disappointed in the way that you're acting. Mm-hmm. That I've hurts. heard that more than once. That hurts. Yep, it does. That hurts. It's much like a parent mm-hmm. where you're just, you know, and so you, you begin to, then, then it takes you even further to the idea of, okay, why is God disappointed? What am I doing? Um, and if God is disappointed and God knows everything, and then God is right. <laughs> but if what we have to realize, though, unless we have this deep communion, we can't work in his spirit because we can't do it on our own. That's right. And so until you're really in his spirit to do it, you're not going to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's really where it goes. Worship in reality for me is an individual communion in the midst of a community. Mm-hmm. That's what we're, that's what that's what Sunday corporate worship is. Mm-hmm. Individual communion with God in the midst of a community. You know, and I have to admit that that 
the the most special time to me is actually communion. And mm-hmm. we did not do this at first press, right. but when I attended Holy Cross up here, we actually went to the altar and was on our knees. Yeah, sure. And I really, really like that. I mean, there's nothing going on. You're there, right. and then eventually you get up and leave, and others go up. But right. I really liked yeah. it. And that's it's a power it's a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer intinction than than rather than having people bring things to you. Uh, it's the act of getting well, I up. I get well, up and I go. Right, and two, uh, when you when it's brought to you in like first press in Los Angeles, we mm-hmm. pass it around. That breaks my. I mean, I got to watch. Sure. And I, that breaks my prayer. I like mm-hmm. to go and you're. And so a lot. And then there's some people who love it because yeah. you know I I like the communion table being brought to me. That that whole idea. It it really worship is an individualized thing. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. But when but again. Do a self-inventory on your worship style, not only your worship as a lifestyle, but your worship style individually with it, in the midst of the corporate worship and say to myself, am I too comfortable? Not physically comfortable, not mentally comfortable. Am I spiritually comfortable? Um, and and if you say yes, that's a good thing. But if 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 it's to the point of it keeps me from stretching in worship. It keeps me from growing in worship. Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about that anymore. Growing in worship. We talk about growing in our faith. I was just thinking about the disciples in that fact, how they grew and nothing was comfortable for them. That's right. That's right. Of course, they had a lot of people on their tail chasing them down, um, <laughs> trying to true. kill them. <laughs> but there there needs to be that sense of, am I willing to go uh, outside my comfort zone? For example, a Protestant who goes to a Catholic service usually is uncomfortable because we don't, we don't know what you're doing. And, yeah, you don't know, don't know what, you're, what doing. you're doing. Kneel, sit, stand, pray, kneel, you know, sit, and, and you're mm-hmm. doing all these responses. I'm not comfortable. I'm not going back there. Um, there is that idea that the familiarity of worship has somehow replaced the idea that I am worshiping. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. So we want to remind you to keep in 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 your heart and in your mind. Why am I there? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? Uh, there's a number of reasons, but what's my what's my? I, I, I've said this a number of times, especially in sermons. We need to keep the main thing the main thing. Mm-hmm. What's the purpose of my worship? To worship God. To worship God. Mm-hmm. Not to look good. Not to dress right. It's also, though, to be uplifted and encouraged and, sure. and get re, refueled to go out and meet the world each day. Right. That, that's exactly right. So there's so many things that go on with it. Real quickly, we've got just a few minutes. I said we were going to cut it short, and we didn't. I got <laughs> to talking, so I've only got a few minutes to talk about what we're going to do in the next few weeks. We're going to start with a basic premise or a basic question. What's the matter with the church? What's wrong with the church today? And it's either going to be a great success or it's going to be a great success. <laughs> uh, there are going to be people who are going to disagree with us. Mm-hmm. There are going to be people. We're going to try and pull in uh, articles. We're going to try and pull in pastors. We're going to try and pull in congregational members, either in our studio or over the phone, mm-hmm. uh, to talk about. And I think we both agree. Jesus isn't in trouble. He doesn't get in trouble. No. Uh, he, he he is who he is, and he is who he was, and, and he, he will make work he with whatever exactly. he has. Christianity is not in trouble. The church is. is in Many people will say, "Nope, the church isn't in trouble." And so conservatives will say it's the it's the liberals' fault. 
Liberals will say it's the conservatives' fault. Uh, people will blame President Obama, uh, and and some people will, most people will blame Pat Robertson. Um, but nonetheless, the church is in trouble. And where we're going to head with this and start with this is the church isn't in trouble because of Barack Obama. The church is in trouble because of us. That's exactly right. And it's changed one person by one person. Exactly. So I have to look in the mirror and say, what's the matter with the church? Derek, you're, you're it. I'm it. I'm it. Uh, yeah, I'm it. It's going to hurt a lot of people. It's going to step on a lot of people's toes because we like to blame people mm-hmm. for, for what's the matter with the church. But it's not God's fault. It's not Jesus' fault. It's our fault. And what can we do about it? That's what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. Sounds exciting. Uh, so you want to make sure that you catch it. Again, you can find us at BeMoreChristlike.com, social media of Becoming Christlike at Facebook, and Christlike today on Twitter. We are out of time. Join us each and every Friday as long uh, as, as Bertha Ingraham, a, a good friend of ours, would say, God willing, and the creek don't rise. There you go. Uh, here in soggy southeastern Colorado, every Friday morning, 8 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time, you can find us on Becoming Christlike. So for Dawn, for myself, for Jimbo, who's our producer, for everybody here at The Road Less Traveled and all of our shows, we want to encourage you each and every day to become more and more Christlike. God bless. God bless. Blinded by my fear And I struggle to believe